phone number. So I went down to where the box used to live. You know, the box with everybody's info in it. We don't have a box anymore. Apparently we haven't had one for about four years. With all the technology that's out there, it's, it's hard to find those good resources. And you spent almost more time trying to find something that is good than if you would have just sat down and done it yourself. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. This is a podcast based on the discussions of three educators as we attempt to use the 23 minutes that all teachers have for lunch to change the world, or at least our teaching for the better. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another uh, episode of the Teacher's Lounge. All right, first up, what's for what's for lunch? I've got a rice and sausage concoction here, uh, Mountain Dew and some chips. All right, what you got, Ross? Um, a rice and chicken thing and a whole <laughs> green uh, pepper. Like, oh, whole okay, bell, like, whole bell green pepper. Do you love peppers? I, I'm okay with them, but... My wife eats these like apples, and I guess she thought I should too. All right. Well, there we go. I'm having a roast beef sandwich and some chips and uh, some iced tea, so we're good there. All right. So tonight, or today, here's the episode. In our district, we have had a uh, technology challenge, we shall say. But what it really brings up is a larger question, is as we address education with more technology, is it better to do it with more technology? And what are maybe some of the implications of the way we implement technology and integrate it into our classrooms that are either good or bad? Thoughts? I think the good or bad is hard because it comes down to how it's used. Now, that's plain and simple there. there. There are things you can use to replace. You can use to replace certain tasks that were too labor intensive or unnecessary anymore like why do we do certain things we teach because we don't need to do that anymore because technology has replaced that so there's good ways to it but there are also ways where you can tell and i can't think of the top of my head right now but the teachers using the technology to be lazy well i mean that's that's what it is it it doesn't it just is this is one less thing to do or it thought it'd be fun for a day and it didn't contribute to anything it just was a day you wasted because you had the technology to. so i think i mean in broad sense it's hard to say because it really does depend upon if it's how it's being used I also think with all the technology that's out there, it's, you know, it's hard to find those good resources. And you spend, you can spend some almost more time trying to find something that is good um, than if you would have just sat down and done it yourself. Um, and so that's kind of that balance that you have to have, too, of like finding those good gems that are worth using um, and ciphering through what's not worth putting into your class. And then I fall back on this too, and this is my like, uh, I, you know, if I were listening to me, I'd want to slap me moment. But what exactly is technology? <laughs> I mean, that, but that's You're right. Do you want to be slapped? Well, that's an important thing to state because I'll tell my kids all the time. I'm like, pencil and paper are technology. Before we had that to write things down, you had to do it in your head or in sand or whatever the medium was. So you don't have to do it in your head. The point of technology is maybe to make a task easier. Drawing the picture and labeling things makes the problem easier. Just because it's not on a computer or a tablet or a device doesn't mean it's not a form of technology. So that's the other thing, too, is you, you also got to be careful when you're saying that by technology, what do you mean? Well, that also actually brings up another conversation I was just having on Twitter 
which was a, a teacher was asking, well, hey, if I go asynchronous or I go mastery or whatever, I have students that want lectures but also want to go at their own pace and others prefer videos and, and then others, how do you deal with this? And I said, well, wait a minute, slow down. Lecture is a group activity by definition. One person may be doing the talking, but it has to happen in a group. A video is more efficient because the conversation can be tailored and given at a time when it's most needed. But if you do conversations, conversation is just a lecture one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, so if you say, well, I want my kids want individualized instruction, but they like lecture. Well, lecture is group. Videos can be group or individual, but lecture in one-on-one -on -one situation, that's just a conversation. And so there is, it's all connected together, as you said, with the technology, whether it's pencil and paper, all the way to solid computers and VR and all that junk. It's still a conversation. It's still learning. And I think the key to all of this is how does it affect the learning, the acquisition, mastery of knowledge, skills, etc. Yeah, I think a lot of times it's really easy to decide, hey, here's this really cool for us mathematical uh, website that'll do something. Uh, but the, the question you have to ask is, are you is that somehow increasing, improving your knowledge or your teaching strategy here? If it's just there to add in more fluff to say, oh yeah, I'm doing this to use technology, it's not worth it. Uh, but it does need to be, you need to like self-reflect on that and make sure that it's something that's worth your time and that it is making your instruction better. Well, and let's go beyond just instructional technology. Because of the situation we just had in our district, we're all being asked to use paper grade books for a few weeks. And you say, okay, well, I can go back to keeping a paper grade book, but how much stuff, how much has our routine changed just because we use a digital grade book rather than a paper grade book? Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I used to put grades in once a week for eligibility. Now I do it daily because I know kids are looking daily. And so... And so our parents and, you know, coaches, whatever, everyone kind of, it's just one of those things we expected. And so you got, you found your grade, unless you had your, I mean, I had my teachers that part of your grade was keeping track of your grade in my math classes. But like, no, you found out unless you were failing, kind of found out twice a quarter at midterm and into quarter. That was your grade. You didn't really know what you're at. You just kind of, you know, I think I'm at an A or B. I seem like I'm getting an A, but you didn't really push it. Well, and that's the thing. We have trained all the stakeholders to address grades differently. We put them in daily or every other day because we have to keep up because parents check them daily or students check them daily or some students check them multiple times a day. <laughs> and so the tiniest movement in their percentage becomes a measurement of self or social or academic ability or self-worth. And it's just a homework grade, one up, one down, and and they don't understand the implication of one little grade versus an assessment, whatever it happens to be. And and the other problem with that too is, it also forces you to re to wrap your mind around grades differently because, like when I went, my daughter was in kindergarten, she got like a four percent on this worksheet or something. It was like she just didn't understand what the what the directions were. But that class only had like four grades in the quarter. 
So her online grade book was grade was a C. That's on her online grade now. Now, if this were not a weird online grade book for kindergarten kids, which is ridiculously stupid in my opinion, it'd have been like an S or satisfactory or whatever it is. So when you put your grades in, you have to be mindful of the fact that, whoop, did that really matter? Was that a big deal? Um, I have to make sure I think about that. Plus, we all probably had that teacher. I know I had one in college who was like, I said, hey, Dr. Marsali, my grade's sitting around this. If I get an A on this exam, would I get an A in the class? He said, yeah. I don't, he didn't even have a grade book in front of him. He just knew we roughly knew where I was at. If I get an A on the final, I get an A in the class. You can't do that now. No. You can't do any of that. It has to be very regimented and very structured because they can look at all times. You can't go back and change a previous grade. You can't go, you know what? This meant more now than it did then or whatever it is. It's like literally sending a postcard home at any point. They, they have a window into your grade book, which, okay, increases parent communication. Increases the ability for parents and teachers to team up on accountability. But it also means that this relationship that you have with a student in this learning teaching relationship has three sides, four sides, if the parents live in different households, uh, you know, five sides because now you put the learning coaches in. And that's a whole separate thing. We've been without these data tracking grade books now for three weeks and we're going to be three weeks more. Um, what's the impact on those students that traditionally are not good at self-grade management? My intervention students. I have no idea where we're at. I'm like, so I mean, they're working during they're working during focus period, but I don't know where they're at. I email their teachers. Their teachers don't really know where we're at right now. Yeah, it's it's not a matter of hey guys, can't you just send me some stuff? Stop being lazy. It's literally no. nobody knows. I have no idea where I'm at. So, all right, here we are. You know. Well, and the other thing is, those students that are in interventions, those students that need extra assistance. They're not the ones by nature that understand the impact of the consistent daily grind. If, if, there's, if we're not constantly with them looking at their data, then they're not aware. It's out of sight, out of mind. With the availability of grades and things like that, I mean, you're interventionist as well, Brian. Yes. And you're working with kids who are in the most math need. What are you doing in your intervention class at this point? Yeah, so, I mean, basically we're just trying to stay on top of daily work. Um, not, we can't look back to see, like, how they've done an assessment or without going and asking, like, that specific teacher. But um, fortunately for us, like, the one thing that hasn't gone down is we still have, I still have access to plan book. So I can see what they should be doing in their class. And so then it's just a lot of piecing together. Right, how you guys doing on exponents? You know, let's look at some more examples over those exponents. But in terms of where they're at for the entire semester, their guess is as good as mine. Well, and that we can come up, good teachers can come up with good daily interventions or good daily lessons based on the need today. But that doesn't help a student in the long term work toward goals work toward whatever they're trying I want to graduate I want to you know do this I want to pass this class I want to be able to move on to the next thing. that data isn't there and we've become data trained so it's not that we're data driven it's almost that we're data dependent yeah because 
<clears throat> I don't know. Right now, kids are getting recommendations and planning schedules. One, we still haven't even gotten through the second semester, which is always a crazy thing anyway, that we have to make the decision for what this kid's going to take next year in the middle of the year. But two, like, we don't even have grades to look at for some classes. Well, and comes. We don't have the data to. We just kind of know we know the student well enough to make that, you know, decision. But if you don't know your kids well enough, you have no idea what to decide. Well, and come spring, when we start looking at, okay, this kid is looking to take this class next year. Well, how'd they do this year in whatever it was that was, you know, a prerequisite course? Like, oh, well, that number is meaningless because uh, 40% of it has either disappeared or it's been replaced with a placeholder that doesn't reflect the actual ability of the student. And I think we have, we can look to the future to what's going to happen, but until we get there, I don't think we have any idea of the ramifications of what will happen and how this short period without that technology will impact things down over the semester. And we're going to be looking back over it for the next two or three years and being like, oh, yeah, remember that? That's why this happened. Yeah, because there's a hole in the data. And I guess that's something that 10 years ago, Look, man, as long as my phone wasn't ringing with somebody mad at me, my data was good. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, that was 10 years ago. Now we look back and we go, okay, so over the last few years, what's, what's, what have we done with the curriculum? How has that change affected how many students are struggling or how many students are succeeding? Or like, how do you make progress without, without data? Then the question becomes, and this I guess is the, the, the big one is, we're bemoaning the fact that we don't have access to data, but sometimes do we have too much access to data? I think it's easy to get lost in the weeds. Like there's data that I wish I had sometimes that I don't have. <clears throat> I don't know enough about that kid's past or future. And that's one thing you'll never get through Skyward or through your grade book or whatever it is. That's, and that's what, you know, like what we have to make the decision on with what we got left here is, how well do I know my student that I've had since August to make that decision? And that's what's going to come down to. So in the end, we, we, it comes down to what it always comes down to in teaching. Relationships and conversations. And it doesn't matter. Like, for example, I'm, I'm very heavy on tech with flipped and the whole nine yards. You know, you guys, you're, you're kind of middle and you're, you're kind of, you use tech, but it's not the core of your framework. But in the end, it's still all relationships. It's just interesting to me that if you would have asked me 10 years ago, how much tech do you use? I'd say, oh, yeah, I use all sorts of techs. I, I, I have PowerPoints. Now our computer system goes down and everybody goes, what's the copier code again? It's, it, it makes a big difference on how you approach your class from planning to execution. Yeah, I had a kid that needed to find track down yesterday. I had no idea where to look to find it. I just sent an email to the office and go, hey, what's his schedule so that I could talk to him? Because I know I sent him an email, but I wasn't guaranteed I was going to get to him in time. So I had to send his teacher one to tell him to come see me during focus period. I, I had the same deal. I, have to, I needed to call a parent because I'm like, hey, um, your kid is starting to struggle. This is a kid that has a tendency to go ups and then he has downs and ups and downs. And he was headed towards a down and I wanted to call a parent. I'm like, oh. I don't, I don't have a phone number. So I went down to where the box used to live. You know, the box with everybody's info in it. We don't have a box anymore. Apparently, we haven't had one for about four years. 
I, w- I was unaware that the box wasn't there anymore. Parent contact, it affects that. It's, it's just been kind of an eye-opener when you're bombed back to the Stone Age, that uh, w- w- how it does truly affect. So technology is with us forever, but the key is we need to think more intentionally about technology, how we use it, but also the unintended effects. So, all right, that's it for the Teacher's Lounge today. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge. This is a podcast based on the discussions of three educators as we attempt to use the 23 minutes that all teachers have for lunch to change the world, or at least our teaching for the better.